0: The Hammer Podcast will not be heard this month. In its place, we give you the following special presentation. Blah. <laughs> Wrong show. no <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Batman! So much for the script. Legends of the Superheroes. For centuries, the world has been protected by a group of extraordinary men and women who have dedicated themselves to fighting crime. Greetings, and welcome to Legends of the Superheroes, a production of TheHammerStrikes.com. My name is Gene Hendricks, and in this show, we'll be exploring the live-action appearances of your favorite comic book heroes. This time out, I am pleased to welcome the dynamic duo of Back to the Bins, Mr. Paul Spataro, and Dr. Bill Robinson. How are you guys? Doing good. awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you, you for being be on. Yeah.
1: Thank you for having me on the. Wait, this is the Batman TV show. I am in the wrong place.
2: (laughs) I haven't been invented yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yes, we are talking about the Batman 66 TV show, the granddaddy of all live-action superhero television shows. How did you guys first come upon this? Uh, Because I'm pretty sure it wasn't when it was originally broadcast.
1: Well, I think Paul was a head writer, wasn't he? (laughs)
0: You know... I was, I'm I was, trying to be nice
2: here. <laughs> well, there's, there's no need to be quite that nice, because I actually do remember it in first run. Wow. I was okay. I was four, five, six years old during those three years, and I remember sitting and watching it at night. I can't say I have, you know, really, really clear memories of the episodes and watching them. I, I remember... The, the thing I remember specifically from back then was always just being fascinated by the cliffhanger nature of it, mm-hmm. when they had the two-part episodes, And not being, you know, at four, five, and six years old, not being totally cognizant of the fact that it really was just totally goofy and a spoof.
0: Well, I think that the show works very well on multiple levels there, just like with uh, the Looney Tunes cartoons. You can enjoy it as a kid, thinking that, oh, this is, you know, just funny, this is straight-up action everything. And then when you get to an adult, you look back at it and you say, okay, I see what they're doing here, you know, and I I watch it now occasionally. I just watched two episodes tonight, as a matter of fact. And you look at, and the the one impression I take away as an adult is this is an area, this is a show where the guest star can come in and overact as much as they want to.
1: Vincent Price. (laughs) Liberace. Oh, yeah.
2: Playing the two different parts. Was, it, was it, I'm trying to remember now. It was fingers and Harry.
1: <laughs> you know, I never got. I never noticed that till now.
2: And then it, it will. You want to see him overact? See when he's Harry, like the bad version of himself. Oh, I remember. That's, right. it, it was. Classic overacting
1: with the deep gruff voice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: It's, yeah, Liberace. People are threatened by you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh, I'm scared.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, colorful villains. As as you know, as a, a five year old watching that, like I said, the the humor of it was lost on me. But I remember really enjoying the show at the time. Now, like I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you guys, neither of you was born when it was first on, so. You would have had to, it to, had to have discovered it sometime later.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I remember it distinctly probably when I was five or six, watching it because it was on every afternoon. So we're talking about 1974, 75, and I would catch it. Uh, I would come home from school, and it would be on like at 3 or 4 o'clock, and I believe it usually was two episodes back-to-back on the, the local station that I had. So, and then it was on every day, so I didn't have to wait, you know, like you're saying, I mean, it was on nightly before, well, weekly before, right?
2: No, when when it, it was first on, it was actually on. I think it was Wednesday and Thursday nights. Oh, okay. So it really okay. wasn't much of a layover for the cliffhanger.
1: Oh, okay. And I remember as a kid that it the campiness was lost on me. I didn't understand it as camp. It was to me that was what Batman was, and and it you know it was it was fun. It was suspenseful, you know, it was scary. Oh, how are they going to get out of it? Oh my god, the rulers got him in a giant cake, a quicksand. How are they ever going to get out of that? <laughs> That's serious candles. stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh no. What, what to do? You know,
2: and Cook I mean, going to squeeze them in a giant cookbook now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank the Gorsuch, man had man. is
2: trying to get his cowl. <laughs> Just totally silly stuff, but it They don't be this Batman. <laughs> when you're five years old it's great stuff
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: i think that's about the age i i discovered too that was eighty, eighty-one, something like that i uh where it same same as with you bill i i would come home from school i know i think it's one of the things that my parents said oh you'll like this let's watch this because i wasn't really i don't think i was reading any batman comics at that point i wasn't really reading much of anything at that point i was in kindergarten uh but it was they knew i liked super friends so they said oh well batman's also here you can watch him live action and stuff and again i didn't get that it was anything silly it was just oh my god they're you know they're doing this to him you know he's behind the uh the shooting gallery thing and commissioner gordon and chief of Hero are going to shoot through and and kill them you know how are they going to get out of this <laughs>
2: You know, I'll, I'll give Adam West credit for being a good actor, because when you watch it, you get the distinct feeling that he didn't know it was a spoof. And that's not possible. Right. <laughs> so he must have been a pretty good actor to at least have been able to give that impression.
1: Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb.
2: <laughs> and I, and I oh. also remember one of my earliest memories of it is being impressed with the Batmobile and the Batcopter and the know, bat all, all, all all of the Bat gadgets,
0: like Which at the time, all clearly that, labeled.
2: Yes, very clearly <laughs> labeled, and for Reactor. every possible situation you could have. But but I remember that seeming ultra ultra cool at the time. Oh yeah. Well, the Batmobile
0: still is cool today.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that made out of like a Lincoln Continental.
0: It was some type of. Um... It wasn't a production car. It was like a concept. No, but like vehicle. the
1: body, like the frame. Vamp, Paul, vamp.
0: Well, you
2: know, they, they have it every year at, at, at New York Comic Con, and, and mm-hmm. they had it at Eternal Con last year. And then if you want, you know, like you can give them $10 and they'll let you stand next to it and take your picture for you. It's like, right, you know what, I'll just stand oh. on this side of the ropes and take a picture without me in it.
1: The 1966 Batmobile, in 1955, the Lincoln Division of Ford Motor Company designed and built a futuristic concept car called the Lincoln Futura. It was uh-huh. built in Tyler by Hand in Turin, Italy at a cost of $250,000. And like many concept cars, was never put into production in the mid-1960s. George Barris of Barris Custom City acquired the car for $1 directly from Ford. Fast forward to August 1965. They basically, they asked George to to build him a Batmobile, and it had a reaction. Oh, so yeah, basically, he turned that into it. So it was a Lincoln Futura concept car from '55, which would explain the big fins. <laughs> you
2: mean the
0: bat wings, don't you?
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's it.
2: What was the uh, the line when they would uh, start up the car? Turbos, atomic batteries to atomic power. Atomic batteries to power to speed. Turbine's to speed. To speed. Oh, the, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. Seatbelts? Okay, now. Yes. Nope. <laughs> and the fact that it was actually registered is hilarious. It had Gotham Ooh. City license plates on it. Okay. <laughs> it had
1: those cool Bat hubcaps, too. Can
0: you just picture Batman standing in the DMV line? <laughs> Great Scott! I love seeing, like, Alfred driving it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Alfred, when the Batman. Costume. In Batman. <laughs> no, I don't... I don't. <laughs> Nobody will ever figure that one out. (laughs) Wasn't that the King Tut episode where King Tut had figured out who he was, so Alfred dressed up as Batman and Bruce Wayne was there at the same time? Yeah, I was a little disappointed when I went to college and
2: they didn't have an Egyptology professor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who should have been wearing a hard hat.
2: (laughs) Who you could hit on the head and turn into an ancient pharaoh. (laughs) That <laughs> I mean, that's that's the other appeal of the show, is all the villains and the cameos that they would have. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure exactly how many people they had as they were walking up the building that would open up the do- the uh, window and then come out at them.
1: Oh, yeah. Sammy Davis, Jerry Lewis, uh, Ted Cassidy, who was Lurch, on... Uh...
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> Also on episode of Star Trek, I think that same year.
1: Oh yeah, a so uh, little girls made of yeah. He was rock. Yes, rock the big android. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite lines from that was it uh, favorite line, and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's when he's squeezing the crap out of Kirk, and he's like, you know, uh, survival cancels programming. Oh. You know. <laughs> This is not a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, already they... done a
0: podcast on Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> now, one one thing I didn't know until later, because, like I said, I, I got into reading the comics later, was that some of these villains were just made up for the show. Shame. Oh, yeah. yeah shame, oh, God. Come back,
1: shame.
2: <laughs> well, was was King Tut actually created for the show yeah, yeah. Egg Tut
0: was not. Egghead was a different character, the- and <laughs> he was not called Egghead. Right. But he and was based actually, on that man. And they took Mister Zero from the comics and renamed him Mister Freeze. Right.
2: And mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. The bookworm was
0: a an original. Hmm. Uh, the one I just watched tonight. Uh, Marcia Queen of Diamonds. Mm-hmm.
1: Joan Collins was the Siren. Yes. Yeah, Marsha, Queen of Diamonds. That was, that was Carolyn Jones. Carolyn Jones.
0: Another Adamus Family alum.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, and also, the, the... Lilac? No, the, uh... Oh God, Frank Gorshin right. played the Riddler, but so did John Aston, who was yes. another... Yes, and three three uh, Catwomen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eartha Kitt, Julie yes. Newmar, yes. and uh, Lee Merriweather. Very good. Now, which was the one Julie three, Newmar... Three, three Mr. Freezes as well. Right. Was it three? Yeah, there was Otto Preminger, Eli Wallach. Who was the other one? George Sanders. Hmm. Now there was a. Uh, didn't Catwoman supposedly die? Or didn't she fall into the bat nuclear reactor? She
0: died in a number of episodes. She fell into the reactor. She fell into a chasm.
2: She had seven yeah. lives, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, nine lives. Excuse me, nine she, lives.
1: Cats only have seven lives in your house, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have that many in my
0: house. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a running gag. I think is every, every Catwoman episode she died at the end. Oh, but
1: False Face. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, played by question mark. Malachi Throne was actually. No, but, it, but yeah. It oh, was oh yeah, that's true. But at the end yeah. of the
2: episode, they didn't actually credit him.
1: And, ma- was... and, and, and if for, for those of you that are thinking, God, that name sounds familiar. If you remember Star Trek, he was the imaginary Commodore that Kirk wrote in in the, um, the two-part episode that was a retelling of the original the pilot. The Menagerie. Yep.
2: He was also uh, Paddock, was, wasn't that his yes, name? Yes, yes, he uh, was Senator
1: Paddock. In, in Unification. Yes, yes. And he was all through the 70s. Good character actor. Actually, he died uh, in 2013.
0: Now, do you guys have a, a favorite villain from the show?
2: Hmm. I think, personally, I think the Riddler was my favorite. And in either incarnation, but more Gorshin.
0: Well, I think John Aston only played him once. He, he, he,
2: yeah, I think that's correct. I think Gorshin did it, then Aston did it, and then Gorshin came back and did it.
1: Which, you know, up until a few years ago, I didn't know that Frank Gorshin did impersonations. And then when I saw him doing... I didn't... Okay, I didn't realize until I saw him on, of all things, CSI. (laughs) (laughs) And they had him on there, and he was doing Burt Lancaster. I'm like, oh my god, he is awesome! And then I found (laughs) He used to be on a show called The
2: Copycats, Mm -hmm. back in the 60s, where they would... Where they would just basically do imitation stuff, and to my whatever preteen brain, it was hilarious. Something I haven't seen in years and years and years, so I don't know if nostalgia would overrule reality.
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's best not to go back. Oh, well, but I mean, but nobody's favorite uh, villain is Art Carney as the Archer? <laughs> or uh, I mean- or Shelly Winters as Mom Parker?
2: And, I mean, you, you can't get away from Cesar Romero as the joke. As
1: yeah, for me, I think it's a tie between between Cesar Romero and Gorshens Riddler because they were both over the top. And Cesar Romero was balls enough to say, I ain't shaving my mustache.
0: <laughs> yeah, pay, Paint it. <laughs> Which looked good back then. Today, not so much.
1: <laughs> HD is not kind, my friend.
0: <laughs>
1: TVs are much better now.
2: Wasn't it? Wasn't uh, Cesar Romero the one of one of the two people for Kianis Masmacho? Macho"? Does anybody recall this? I, is, uh, I, I'm out on a I, limb here.
0: It's it sounds familiar, but was I don't a, it was it was a bit
2: on Saturday Night Live, I believe. And I don't remember who did it, who did it, but they would ask "Quienes Mas Macho," Cesar Romero or Ricardo Montalban.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was that with uh, Did Billy Crystal do that?
2: I, I think it was, but was, I, I, don't even, I only have uh, a vague recollection of it. But I'm pretty sure it was Cesar Romero that was the, uh, was the second or well, the first name in that.
1: Well, you know, we have to mention Burgess Meredith as the penguin. Because, oh, Because, yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one, of my, one of my favorite moments
2: is in the movie when they sell the salvage submarine to him without realizing it. And he, he went under, <laughs> under the false name P. N. Gwyn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they uh and they took the um they took the screws off of it and put giant flippers on the back of the submarine? Yes. <laughs> Salvage submarine. <laughs> just just a concept.
0: Yeah. And one one of the favorite bits I I know it's in the movie, I'm not sure how much of it's in the series, but when people like the penguin and the Joker go on a robbery or something, they wear masks. Yeah, like you can't tell who that's the Joker under that mask. And then all their uh, all their
1: lackeys have, uh, you know, wear black shirts that have, like, uh, didn't they have, like, the weird names on it? It like, has their you know, name on it, yeah. Yeah, which I did a little research because I was going through the cast list and, I, and, and, and and one of the goon guys, I saw a name and it said Joe E. Tata. And I was like, man, that name sounds familiar. And, the, you know, it was a small picture, so I, I blew it up. It was a guy that ran a diner in Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero. He played a goon in Fat Man.
0: It was all downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah never uh, saw that show, so I can't can't comment.
1: Well, my wife loved the shit out of that show. I oh, okay, you know, was just like yeah, okay, whatever. But uh, another little weird thing I, I, I discovered: uh, Alfred, Alfred the Butler.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. This is all in IMDb, so it's not like I'm some super historian. He was a, a cousin of the former British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain. No kidding. <laughs> Did he give up often? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted the part, but I gave up. So <laughs> he actually tried for the part of Batman, but he, as a concession, he took. <laughs> he,
2: he just took Alfred.
1: And his his second wife, uh, Aileen Dickens. Bocher Huxley, nicknamed Gypsy, don't ask me, was a great-granddaughter of Charles Dickens. Mm. So this guy had some, you know, he had some gravitas in there. I mean, <laughs> you know, he had connections, good and bad, I guess you could say. It was, it was it's like there was so much about this man. Because I really, there's not much else. I think I remember him and one or two other things, you know, seeing him go, oh, yeah, that's Alfred the butler. But, he, you know, he'll always be uh, Alfred the butler. Right. You know, I mean, he was in episodes of Ironside, Kojak, uh, Night Gallery. Oh, he was in the Beverly Hillbillies, too. Sorry, I'm just scrolling through real quick. You know, but, but, but yeah, he'll always be Alfred. He'll always be Alfred to me. <laughs> Alan Napier. Alan Napier. And, then, and as, like, a uh, homage to him in the Tim Burton movie, they had named uh, Charles uh, Napier. Uh, well, no, was it Jack no, Napier. Jack Charles Napier, Na- yeah. Charles Napier, I think, is the actor. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Who was the guy that was the band leader of the band in the Blues Brothers? Yes, yes,
2: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna stop us? You,
1: Stein. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, they honored him with the name of Jack Napier. That was the Joker's name in uh, the Tim Burton Batman.
0: I always wondered where that name came from.
1: Yeah, that that was one thing I discovered in my digging. I know nothing I, about Aunt Harriet though. <laughs> I know she was annoying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I can I can pretty much confirm that. But beyond that, well she was she was another character that was created specifically for the TV series. She right. she did not exist in the comic book. And what what's a little interesting is that the show was based on the, you know, the campy 1950s type Batman issues mm-hmm. that were coming out. But what's kind of ironic is that the series had, shortly before the, the TV show went on, had gone to a much more serious, darker feel. It was getting away from that campiness. Uh, and then the TV show went on. It was like they had to scramble back to campy a little.
0: Because mm. well, at least in the you, beginning, it
2: was a phenomenon.
0: Weren't the uh, the comics kind of on the verge of cancellation when the TV show came out? You
2: know, that's that's what they say but i don't always trust that
0: no I, it's just something i i heard and figured hey this is the show to talk about
2: they, they, they say that so often though and it mm-hmm. seems like uh I don't, I don't know if it becomes apocryphal or if it's reality right. but i mean you, you hear that all about a lot of different series but series that you think of as you know the pole franchises oh it was on the verge of being canceled i, I don't know if i buy that it, it may be true. I can't tell you it's not. I can't give, <laughs> you, I can't give you any data to right. back up my uh, lack of trust, but certainly uh, it, it seems a little questionable to me. All right, so the window guest stars, I got a list of them that I found. Oh, great. Uh, appearances in order. Jerry Lewis, Dick Clark, Green Hornet, and Cato, Sammy Davis Jr., Jose Jimenez, Howard Duff as Detective Sam Stone on Felony Squad, Colonel Clink, Lurch, Don Ho, Andy Devine as Santa Claus, Art Linkletter, Edward G. Robinson, Susie Knickerbocker, and Carpet King, real name unknown. That's all yeah. win- the window guests. That's all of them? Who's That's your Batman
1: now, see?
2: <laughs> Edward G. Robinson, let me see if you, can, if you can come up with this one. Edward G. Robinson also has a Star Trek connection of a sort.
1: Ooh. Really?
2: It's, it's, a, it's a degree of separation, but he has one.
1: A degree of separation. Hmm. Do, 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 do. I'm running myself in circles because I'm thinking it has something to do with Jeffrey Hunter? No. No. Deep Space
2: Nine. Deep Space Nine is where the connection is.
1: Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Hmm. Well, I know the guys that played the Klingons came back in Deep Space Nine, but I don't know the connection there.
0: Well, that wouldn't be a connection in Deep Space Nine. That would be to the original series.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, but they were the Klingons from the original series. Right, they yeah. Just, yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to turn off
0: uh, all our cards now. Okay. Because
2: <laughs> I don't think you're on the right track anyway, and this may not be a, quite a good enough trivia question to go, <laughs> to go too long with it. But the character of Garrick mm-hmm. on Deep Space Nine, yeah. the actor, mm-hmm. Andrew Robinson, Edward G. Robinson's son.
1: Oh, oh yeah, wow. that's right. I yeah.
0: See, the I only trivia that. I knew about him is he was the villain in the first Dirty Harry movie. Yep, Scorpio.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and and he played. He also played Liberace. Did he really? That I uh, know. I <laughs> l- let me check that, but I swear he played Liberace. I mean, he's he. I swear! I swear I, it. <laughs> <laughs> I know he did like in some TV movie back in the 80s to 70s. 80s to 70s. (laughs) What the hell am I saying? You're aging
0: like Merle in here. Okay. (laughs) I'm feel
1: happy. Yeah, Liberace TV movie, 1988. Oh, wow. Yep. And he also played in the Rock Hudson TV movie, Coincidence? I think
0: not. Interesting. (laughs)
1: Interesting. Hmm.
0: Now, I, I don't know if you guys were conscious of it. I know I wasn't. I'm conscious of Precious Little. <laughs> but was there any any obvious beyond the addition of Batgirl? Anything obvious about your recollection of the show when they switched from the two-episode format to the single-episode format?
1: Mm, no, I never noticed it. Yeah. Uh, Probably because yeah, I, I didn't really see it in a season-type format that it was coming out, you know all the time
0: right was, yeah because you know, it was on afternoons and they would just run two episodes it didn't matter
1: what yeah it was from. just in heavy rotation so i didn't back then i had no concept of what a of what a tell you know of what a of what a season was just like with start with star trek reruns back then it wasn't until years later that i realized there was three seasons and mm-hmm. it took me forever to see the last one that i had never seen in fact there's some batmans that i realized by looking through this list that i've never seen oh really yeah,
2: I, um, I don't believe there are any that I've never seen. Uh, I, but did I don't not recall know that... being cognizant of the single episodes until you know looking at it in retrospect.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Roger Carmichael was even on the show, so I think I've never seen the one that he's in. Roger C. Carmichael, right? Is that or Carmel? A... Car- Carmel, the one that played Harry Mudd. Yeah, Roger C. <laughs> Carmel.
0: Yeah, because it's it's one of those things that I. No watching it now I pick up on these things because at in the 2 episode format the end of the first episode was cliffhanger end of the second episode was some type of knowing wink to the camera basically you know something something that Adam West says that you know the audience he he's more talking to the audience than anyone else and then in the the third season where they went to the single episodes the end was always Oh, the Joker is off doing this. You know, come back next time and see what he's up to. Mm-hmm. And just you know, Batgirl. Batgirl
2: mm-hmm. was hot.
0: That that was a great addition to the show. In fact, she just celebrated her birthday. I think it was yesterday, as of this recording.
2: Hmm. Interesting. But uh, I don't. I prefer to think of her as forever young.
0: Yes. Or I think, she's,
2: I think she's in her seventies now. Ooh!
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, May sixteenth, nineteen thirty seven was her birthday.
1: Oof. Don't you think she can get into that bat suit? Well maybe. Mm, Depends. Then, yeah. Did she
0: age like Linda Carter? Because mm. well, Linda Carter can eaten, still get in perhaps.
2: that one suit. <laughs> but uh yeah, she uh I I I always got a kick out of the Batgirl
1: theme too. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I got, Yeah, that that sexy sounding Batman music with the the yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: They they tried to make her as girly as possible, didn't they? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. They succeeded. They had lace on the motorcycle.
1: Oh, so the third season that was when they would that's yeah, that I guess I did. So that was the change that they always had Batgirl was in the credits or was, yeah, was she, and in she, all would, the she would ride season? her motorcycle by, <laughs> it, yes. She would go by in front of them. Mhm. Yeah. And didn't then they all three ran towards the camera and
0: no, uh, no, no it it was, it, was still, still just two? it was still Batman Robin but where you have in the first two seasons you have Batman punch then Robin punch then Batman punch again in the third it's Batman punch Robin punch Batgirl swinging and kick.
2: No, I think there was a point where they were actually going to have her replace Robin and remove him from mm-hmm. the show because for whatever reason they were not happy with Burt Ward. I think he was uh I think he was living the good life. Ha. <sighs> And uh, you know it's it's kind of like uh, Fredo over in Vegas. He was ba- banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. Somebody had to straighten him <laughs> out a little bit.
1: Yeah, those those opening credits. Uh, I mean, those are iconic now. Oh yeah. I, w- w- one of the weird things about them was I could never understand the part in the credits as as a little kid watching. All the crooks were lined up in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Going from going from the right to the left, like walking forward. And then there'd be like bam, biff, pow off to the side. And then you'd see the like them flying through the air, going past the other ones. If I remember correctly, they're, they're all like broken and mangled looking. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh my god, that's, that's scary for a little kid. Oh, it was why a cartoon. They, How scary can it be? You're like, well, why do they just line up like that? If they see these guys are getting their butts kicked in front of them. Now, I'd, I'd be
2: curious to see to hear what you guys think uh, as far as the popular conception that. The Batman TV series either retarded the progress or actually caused a uh, caused it to go backwards as far as comic books being considered you know a viable part of pop culture uh, as opposed to just a children's medium
0: well i I think that it it promoted comic books coming into pop culture because this this was an extremely popular television show that you didn't necessarily read the comics before you watched the show and it could have it it brought Batman more into the public mindset I mean before this except in comics he was in a couple movie serials and that was basically it right right
2: but I mean to play devil's advocate because I don't necessarily buy the point but uh, a lot of people will point to like when uh when there's a, a, an article in, you know, say, New York Times or in something and, you know, they'll have to open it up with, pow, bam, comic books are in style or something like that. And, and they look at it and they cringe and they say, you know, comic books aren't pow, bam, they're, you know, they're, they're, they can be a serious art form and people won't take it serious because of Batman. And, and that's one of the concepts that's set forth and people are very bothered
0: by that. Hmm.
2: I don't necessarily buy it, to be honest
0: with yeah, you. Yeah, people are going to be bothered by whatever, <laughs> really. I mean, it's the same like anytime Comic-Con is in town, they always, you know, they'll they'll may have a reporter there all day, but then on the news you see the fat guy in the Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> Which will uh, not be me. I don't wear spandex well. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: when... When I was watching this and pretty much at the same time I was watching the Super Friends, I didn't really have any working knowledge of actual comic books. And one of the first comics I remember getting, although it didn't, didn't really kick off my collecting, you and I covered the, one of the comics that I first got, my first, uh, that one Superman issue I had with the, with the Master Jailer. Yes. But there, but there was also a Batman issue, and it was one where um, Catwoman... I believe is getting gunned down on the cover and then it's like a split cover and then the later Batman's getting gunned down on the cover. And I remember I got that in an Easter basket of all things. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Easter. Bam. So that was my first introduction to comics, but it didn't my comic collecting didn't kick in until when I would say probably in my early teens, like maybe thirteen or twelve. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and and that that was when I actually started in a whole different direction. But but one of my first comics was a Superman and a Batman, but but I didn't really I mean I I didn't really it was dark, but I didn't I wasn't cognizant enough to make it, you know, to to say, "Oh, this is, you know, McBrake" bringing this down, and to me now, I, I still don't think it does. I know some people think, oh, the uh, uh, the, the campiness hurts it, but I, I, I don't think so. I mean, you can have different versions of it. It's different. It was a different time. It was a different take. Well, and I even remember
2: when, when the uh, Tim Burton Batman came out, before it was actually uh, finished, when they just announced that they were going to make a new Batman movie, and that Michael Keaton was starring in it with Jack Nicholson. And the popular thought at that time was that it was going to be taking up the Batman TV series tone. Mm -hmm. Mm. That it it was not going to be a serious movie and it was going to be, you know, more or less a comedy. And people, you know, in their 20s were looking forward to this movie. So I don't think it's the negative, unpopular opinion that some people view it as. Did it maybe make people not take comics seriously? Maybe, but I get the feeling those people were inclined not to take it seriously anyway. True. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and there's still people to this day who will not take comics seriously because they think it's somehow below them. But I usually find that most of my friends who are comic fans are usually pretty intelligent people. And the people who are putting it down are not quite as intelligent as the people who,
0: who are the ones who are reading it. <laughs> so they put, I, I, They're I, putting I, it down because they can't understand it, is what you're saying. Not that they can't <laughs> understand it, but... Well, that, that, they, they,
1: that, that, that they can't differentiate between the two. That let's they say just say that they're
0: closed-minded to it. They Close they put fool. they put the Donald Duck comics in the same basket as Superman and Spider Man everything yeah, yeah it, it's comics are comics they're all for kids
2: yeah, exactly yeah. and and in this day and age the, the majority of comics aren't meant for no. kids not no. at all so it's it's you know it's it's almost a silly thought but you know if they're going to be closed minded that's fine
0: yeah. And something I I didn't think about much until I I had uh, talked to you guys about doing this show was you have the people that are proponents of Batman can solve anything, can beat anybody, etc., etc. That comes from this show, because he always has the exact right tool, he always has the exact... Uh, neurons connecting to solve the puzzle <laughs> with some really questionable logic. Sometimes, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, some of those riddles and then leaps of logic he came to was <laughs> It can only
0: mean this. <laughs> what, what about these other five things? No, it can only mean this. <laughs> Shut up, Robin.
1: The Second National Bank. Two Face. Okay.
0: Who never Maybe... never
2: appeared in the show?
1: Oh, that's true.
2: I, I think he he would have been just too dark of a character. Oh yeah. Unless you got Tommy. Tommy. I,
0: I was just going to say uh,
1: that. I, I don't, <laughs> didn't see him that dark, with you know.
2: And I, I am crazy. a fan crazy. of Tommy Lee Jones' acting ability, but that was awful. Yes. well he, he didn't
1: like it when let he, he played Two Face. That's serious.
0: Let yes, me Two Face as, as if it's
2: Jack Nicholson doing the Joker.
0: And even the makeup—he had the Joker smile on the scarred half of his face. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was. Just yeah,
1: and he, and he looked completely insane when he would. You know, <laughs> he looked more like Cesar Romero than. when he was playing two-face
0: yeah bringing it back to the show though uh Hmm. caesar romero as far as the joker goes i mean the guy had acting chops but i liked his joker because he would turn off the the laughing and stuff oh yeah and he was menacing
1: he would get menacing and evil
0: and that that was cool (laughs) i That was the first time I ever saw the Joker like that, because all I had ever seen is the Joker on (laughs) Scooby-Doo.
2: Who who did the voice on Scooby-Doo? Because it was a very... Larry Storch.
1: That's it.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Yes. Corporal Agar? Corporal Agar
0: did the Joker. Yes.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. There was no Mark Hamill. (laughs) (laughs) You know...
0: You know, I, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm
2: glad you knew the answer to that because it would have it would have been bothering me.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: Batman's uh, the Batman show, especially specifically the Joker episodes, introduced me to Paliacci.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, Okay, not one of your better
2: musical interludes, there, Doc.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I don't speak Italian. Or whatever it's sung in.
2: <laughs> yes, I believe I believe it is Italian.
1: Which that's a pretty dark story if you ever uh, read it or peruse it. But anyway, this isn't So, so she's
2: podcast. the Romero.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, but,
1: yeah, he, he was pretty dark.
0: Yeah, and it, I mean, he had his you know the 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 gag bits and everything. But when he got serious about something, like something didn't go his way, he got nasty. Mm-hmm. And that was something that you know I had never. I didn't have this concept of the Joker doing that. I thought he was always like, oh, we got to do this for the gag or just to get the money or something. I never, never knew him. I, I mean, it's not like he killed anyone. It wasn't that kind of show. But he would just, the look on his face, wow.
2: And it was, and yet it was never the type of thing that, at least to my knowledge, would give... Young kids' nightmares, right? So you know, it, it straddled a fine line there, and I think it did it well.
0: Now, what did what did you guys think about the um, the bams and pows and stuff in the fight scenes? Because as a kid, I loved that, and today I can see what they were doing. They don't want to actually show anyone getting hit by a punch.
1: Hmm. I never yeah, thought of that.
0: Yeah, that was
2: how to, how to tone down the violence effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a kid, I liked it and it didn't dawn on me that they weren't showing the punch. It was just such a big punch that it made that pal. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> right, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of the way you look at it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem with it, and I don't mind the campiness of it. It doesn't bother me. I think, you know, if, if you're looking at comics culture and, and, it, and how it bleeds into TV and, sh- and movies and whatever, it's the type of culture that can handle all different types of styles, one mm-hmm. of which is comedic uh, and and that's what this was. It it doesn't, you know, it in no way limits other shows and see movies and things from being serious. So I'm not bothered by it the way some people are.
0: Yeah, I I look at it just like I look at pretty much, you know, anything else with comics is I compartmentalize. So like uh the Batman live action TV show is different than the Batman comic books is different than the animated shows. Oh, different than this animated show or that animated show or that animated show. Uh, the closest this one comes to is Batman Brave and the Bold on, from Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Yes, which I loved. Oh, that was great. You know, it, it, that was another one where they did it specifically like this, just at, to have a different flavor than the animated series, Batman the Animated Series, which was much more serious. Still technically a kid's show. But it had a much more serious turn. Whereas this show and Brave and the Bold was they could be funny when they wanted to be.
2: Or 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 Batman in the Lego movie now. I don't know if you've seen that.
0: I have not seen that yet. My my wife and daughter saw it, but I didn't see it.
2: I haven't seen it yet either. My my sixteen year old went to see it with his buddies and came home and said, Dad, you have to go see this. <laughs> so we went we went back and we saw it. Not quite as funny as it's built up to be, but the Batman scenes were actually pretty amusing. <laughs> I won't spoil it any further than that. Well, I do remember
0: the one scene that they had a Batman in the trailer where they have to press a button to open the gate, and he's throwing batarangs, batarang, you know, it's like 20 batarangs, finally hits it, and it says, got in one, and zooms off.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the uh, tone of him. <laughs> well, in the TV series, it was, uh, in Brave and the Bold, it was Diedrich Bader. Right. This was... uh I can't remember, the guy from Arrested Development, uh, oh, Joe no. from Arrested Development.
1: Mm,
2: will Arnett? Yes.
1: It will, yeah, okay. I think it, yeah, although I haven't seen the movie, but I know that. Don't ask me why.
2: Because you know <laughs> Arrested Development?
1: <laughs> no, I don't even watch that.
2: Ah, whatever. But we, we digress again.
0: Yes, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we no. digressing all over the place.
2: So, That's in the you show. Should, if you listen to Back to the Bins. You should <laughs> what know that do, it's going to happen.
1: It's all they do. And they I won't got nowhere stop. else to go.
0: <laughs> tangent after tangent. Make it stop. But sometimes the tangents work all the way around the circle and get back to where you were in the beginning.
1: Now, uh, Adam West, mm. a.k.a. Batman, in the show, did he ever. You know, I'm trying to think back now. Other than the obvious romance. He was always romancing. It seems like he was romancing the the evil villainesses, villainesses. Is, is. But was there? I don't really remember any non villainous romantic interests, like a Vicky Vale in the no. Uh, no. in the show. It was always I the Misquita.
2: <laughs> Misquita. He,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was very upset when he
0: when that didn't play out. Yes.
1: Yeah, like he couldn't see that coming.
0: <laughs> of course he couldn't. There wasn't a label on her.
1: <laughs> <No>. Villain.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Now, my
2: understanding now, is when the show first went off the air, Adam West was very militant about not wanting to be connected to it anymore, uh, but in his older years has embraced it in a way that, well, not even, I don't even think it took that long. I think by the time he started doing the voice because uh, yeah, Super he, Friends.
0: Well, he did the voice on the, the New Adventures of Batman, the mm-hmm. filmation show before the Super Friends.
2: At that point, I guess he was embracing it, for the, but for the yeah. first few years, mm-hmm. not so much. I know they did some sort of a reunion thing, and they had uh, Dick Gordier playing Batman in it, because Adam West wouldn't, would not do it.
0: Well, going back to the title <laughs> of, of this series of shows, uh, Adam West was in Legends of the Superheroes. Adam West <laughs> and Burt Ward. Let me, let me see when that aired. Wasn't
2: that in the late 70s?
0: At least mid-70s. Looking it up right now... Uh, I'm just going to
2: keep throwing years out there until you find it. (laughs) It was 79, so yeah.
0: Yeah, so by that time he 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 had already been
2: doing the Filmation one, because I think the Filmation one was around 77.
0: And it was actually, it was Hanna-Barbera production, so it was concurrent with the Super Friends. Okay.
2: Hmm. But like I said, I'm pretty sure they did some sort of a reunion thing where Dick Gordier ended up uh, playing Batman.
1: Oh, yeah, he was the voice of Batman on the Super Friends, like like you were saying. It. And I remember the first time I saw him in a movie. Oh, there was a movie where he played a reporter. And I'm like, that's the voice of Batman. That's the guy playing Batman? Oh, my God, he's this nerdy-looking guy with glasses and his skinny frame. <laughs> I was just like, what the heck? That's not, uh, not what I pictured. Much like when I saw Paul for the first time in person. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I was not a skinny guy.
2: He's taller than me. <laughs> well, taller you're than you. huge. Skinny? No, <laughs> that's all I can tell you. <laughs> then, so, then again, how many of us are skinny? Come <laughs> good on, good point.
0: Yeah, you got you, yeah.
2: got, you, got, you, got, you Chris uh, Honeywell and uh, and your Dave. In oh, spot. he's a
1: he's a mutant. And, Dave, <laughs> and Chris is just Chris is like the guy when I was in the Navy, little freaking skinny guy. He'd sit there and eat like entire Key Lime pies. And never gained an ounce, you know. And I'm just swelling up watching him eat, you know, little son of a. Should
0: this be the uh, real life tales with Doctor Bill Robinson?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. That was that was a snippet. Copyright back to the bench. Yes. <laughs> uh, so did anybody have a thing? anybody anybody else have a thing for Julie Newmar?
0: Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I was I I was more of an Yvonne Craig person.
0: I liked them both, but I think I like. Julie Newmar just a little bit better, maybe because yeah. she she was in the show first, mm-hmm. so she made the impression on me first. But I uh, mean, they did a nice job with the costuming. That's all I gotta say.
1: Yeah, I mean Lee Lee Mary, blah. Lee Meriwether was no slouch, but Julie Newmar had more, and Earth, and Eartha Kitt, although she was like more over the top, Julie Newmar was like a smoldering sex kitten.
0: Oh, well, Lee Merriweather was only ever in the movie.
2: Yes. True, yeah. And I think Arthur Kitt was actually only in one episode also.
0: Well, she... In season three. I know she was Catwoman in the third season. I don't remember how often, though. Didn't yeah, she I'm... have the
1: cat car? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
2: was... Julie... Who was it that had the... Uh, what's her name? The... Uh, damn it. I'm just having my, my senior moment. My Wilford Brimley moment, sorry. <laughs> uh, Petula Clark. Who's... Was she Catwoman's hench person
1: oh yeah there was somebody that was because she was macking on robin right yeah uh was it called pussycat uh, yes I, yes have, I, just, have, I just i just found yeah and but her name it was leslie gore leslie gore not patula clark honestly. yes at the edges oh with the teen anthem it's
2: my party i'll cry yep. if i want to didn't she also sing uh, don't sleep in the subway
1: don't sleep in what
2: it's because, like, what kind of guy was
1: she going out with? Just saying. Know. Yeah, Leslie Gore, she was Pussycat. What's new, Pussycat?
0: Whoa, oh, she whoa. was She was dressed in pink. Yeah, and I she think, had little yeah. pink ears. Yeah. Okay, now I remember. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry.
1: Pretty woman. <laughs> That's every
2: time you do that, I, I think Roy Orbison. I'm sorry. <laughs> Now just to, you know, totally tangent again, mm. when they did the Traveling Wilburys and Roy Overson was in there, apparently they wanted him to do that, that growl in every song. And he had to say, <laughs> no, 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 we got to limit it. Because <laughs> everybody thought it was, like, the coolest thing when he would do it. <laughs> come on, come on, do it, do it, do it. Come on, do the growl.
1: Oh, a, uh, another prominent uh, hood uh-huh. in, in the show was only in one episode, and he is titled as Hood Number 1. Is Victor French? Anybody know you know who Victor from, French uh, is? From uh, Little House on the Prairie. Yep, and Highway to Heaven. Yep.
2: Oh, okay. Highway to Heaven.
1: No, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. He, he was a hoodlum. Also on the show, as was Sid Haig. I don't know who that is. Yeah, Sid no Haig one. played in Jason Star Command as the villain. Uh, I still don't
0: know who that is. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen Jason of Star Command, I'm sad to say.
1: Oh, that was one of those live-action Saturday morning space shows back yeah, wasn't, in uh, the...
0: Is that the one that James Doohan was in?
1: Yeah, yes. Uh, maybe. Because yeah. there was one that had Jonathan Harris from Lost in Space. Mm. It may have been that one. I'm not sure. It was like the same special effects stock shots, I think, at the two shows. But uh, Sid Haig was also... Mm, it was in a recent horror movie, oh, shoot, Thousand Maniacs or something. Oh, man, it's a, uh, anyway. And another uh, little guest, uh, another Star Trek tie-in was uh, Lawrence Montagine. Montagin, Montagin, I can never spell or speak. Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence is the easy part. He played Stan. Oh, still, I would have Stan. And exactly, I mean, still, I would have Stan. He was also in. Uh, he played Mister Glee in two episodes. So I don't know if that was with uh, Liberace. Yeah. Mister Glee. Yeah, it's a could love be with Stan, the Joker. Though. Oh, could be, could be.
0: So, uh, as far as the vehicles go, we already talked about the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you guys as excited as I was whenever I would see? The bat copter or the bat boat come out. I seem to remember only seeing them in the movie, though. Well, they they built them in the movie, which was between seasons one and two, but then they used them in the, the season two and season three occasionally. Yeah, I
2: can't I can't specifically remember seeing them, but I did think they were like ultra cool.
1: Yeah, they didn't have any bat cycles. The only one that had that was Batgirl, right?
0: No, they had a bat cycle because. Robin had the the sidecar. That's right, it was a sidecar. Yeah, that's right. He could eject this little Robin car to go out and drive around.
1: (laughs) At least that's what he told Robin. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Ah! (laughs) I don't envy Burt Ward having to sit like that, because he could not sit, actually sit down in that sidecar. He had to actually be on his knees and leaning forward because of the way the, the car... the the Robin thing was constructed.
1: Well, I mean, he was, you know, if he was seeing a lot of cocktail waitresses, he was probably used to that position.
2: <laughs> According to Burt Ward, when they first started filming the show, like, like the first five days in a row, he was carted off the set to the emergency room. Jeez.
1: What, for, like, getting missed punches or something?
2: Missed punches, uh, you know, a special effect that burned him. Different different things going on every, t- every
0: time. Running his pantyhose.
2: I, I think he got, a, like, you know, he had a... a Laceration one time, but but he he was like you know just getting the shit beat out of him basically, and 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 they would you know they would just constantly like rush him back like okay come on we we got
1: the production going we got to get this done.
0: Hold now I'm cow. picturing a, a rotating cast of Robins.
1: <laughs> oh, Robin, we need another Robin. Robin number twelve to the set, please. Robin number twelve. <laughs> uh, speaking of Robins, Rob Reiner was also in an episode as the Ooh, delivery boy. Big part. Meathead. Uh, so some of the gadgets. Oh yeah. Like the um, the one that always pops to mind is the big fold out bulletproof shield. I loved that shield. <laughs> that was one of the coolest
2: things.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How do you fit that in your utility belt? <laughs>
0: like... It's the same way with the bat rope, because anytime he needed a bat rope, there was suddenly this big container on the side of him. But when he did need it, it wasn't there. <laughs>
2: Thank God you have, you know, everything in there, like your bat anti shark repellent. <laughs> <laughs> and and by its very nature, wouldn't anti-shock repellent be a shock attractor?
0: Attractor. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was right next to the, uh, what was it, the, the bat eel repellent or something. <laughs> so it, it was in the bat copter. There were four canisters. That was well, it. You know, Once
2: you, you took that utility belt away from him, he
1: was done. Yeah. Batman somehow became the mad thinker and had all possibilities thought out and had something for everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And I heard uh, an interview with Adam West. I be- I think it was on Fat Man on Batman that he said the reason he spoke the way he did is because he al- he always pictured as Batman as always thinking of something. <laughs> so it- he wasn't trying to be William Shatner. He was actually, he had a, a reason behind it. That, oh, he's always thinking, so that's why he would get this far-off look. And, you know.
1: It always looked to me like he was remembering the woman he was with the night before.
0: Oh, he was Bruce Wayne.
1: Oh, well, yeah, oh, yeah. Ah, yes, back to what I was thinking, Robin, Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is it,
1: Batman? Nah, you're too young. Never mind.
0: <laughs> and this goes with the comics as well, but it's very noticeable on this TV show. Where does Robin keep anything on his utility belt? It's just black leather. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah, pockets or anything. That too.
1: He keeps it in those large uh, shoes he has <laughs> those large little fairy slippers. What's up
2: slippers. with those fairy slippers? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How come I don't get boots? What's up with this? You know how it is, isn't it, to run on my bare feet all damn day? <laughs> and I get these skippy shorts. Come on.
0: Yeah, I think Robin is is the only hero that is male and not allowed to wear pants. <laughs> Cause none of the women are allowed to wear pants. They all have to have bare legs. They have a long sleeve shirt, but they have to have bare legs. And then there's Robin. <laughs> <laughs> he did have tights though. He wasn't bare legged. True. I'm still much,
2: much more macho to wear pantyhose. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> didn't Joe Namath wear pantyhose back then?
2: Yes, he did. In fact, they all did. I mean, that was that was a common football player thing to stay warm.
1: Ah, uh.
0: apparently, it's a common horse rider thing too to prevent uh, chafing.
1: Hmm. Too much information. See, 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 now at this point, if this was a TV show where I just went, hmm, you would see me look off to the side, and you'd see me like. Bill Monday morning before he goes to work, and I'm slipping on a pair of pantyhose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for that image.
1: Cut back to the, uh, back to the podcast. i got gonna try that.
0: Oh boy! All right, I don't know if I can
2: follow that up with anything.
0: <laughs> How about the uh, the bat atomic pile they had in the middle of the city? Well, the only purpose of that was to drop Catwoman into it. Well, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, th- yeah. That was when they. Uh, Oh, what did they do? They slipped, they hid in the Batmobile? Or did they drive it back themselves? I can't remember how they got in the Batcave. Because it was her, Penguin, and the Riddler. Weren't they all in the Batcave? Or was it just her?
0: No, the, uh...
1: Or did I just create my own episode out of Well, my... it,
0: because there, there have been a lot of instances where the villains have been in the Batcave. So I don't know if they were all there together.
1: But I thought there was one where they hid in the engine compartment. Because I distinctly remember the penguin crawling out of the engine compartment of the Batmobile, yeah. but then I also remember them getting in it and stealing it once or twice too,
0: or ten times. Yeah, that 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 was a running gag too. Is oh well, someone stole the Batmobile again. Yeah. yeah, and it eventually he put in this wonderful anti-theft system <coughs> where he covered the the label that said starter. Or the, the one that says ejection seat with starter. He just flipped the panel down. Uh, the ultra-top-secret technology in the Batmobile, and everything has this one-inch by five-inch label on it.
1: Somebody went, went to town on that. Somebody got paid for those labels. Yeah. Get paid by the letter, baby. I got to keep cranking these out. Well, how about some of the villain's gadgets? Um like the Mad Hatter, like, you know. All, all I gotta do is hit you in the head to keep them eyeballs from popping out on top of your hat. <laughs>
0: yeah. To hypnotize me. Or Bookworm. <laughs> he had a reading lamp on his hat. <laughs> the great Roddy McDowell. Yes. Cornelius.
1: Caesar. The Bookworm.
0: <laughs> and the Mad Hatter in the animated series.
2: Oh, yes, that's true. And, and let's not forget, uh... What was
1: he in Fright Night, uh... Uh, Vincent uh, I almost said D'Onofrio no. And... no, he was not Vincent D'Onofrio Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent, Peter Vincent Vampire Hunter
0: And he was Vincent in the Black Hole
1: y- Yes, he was
0: all right. Again, tangenting all over the place
1: <laughs> I was trying to think who played the other one It was the cowboy guy Shane? No, uh, no, in Black Hole Oh Slim Pickens played the other robot Nothing like a robot with a Western accent. Because yeah. <laughs> yes. Shame was played by Uncle Ben. Yes. Yep. Cliff Robertson, who was also Charlie, or uh, was it Charlie? Charlie. Charlie and Flowers for Algernon. Great book. But the we movie, still... the TV movie, was called Charlie. Yes. Yes, that's right. It was very sad. Very sad. So that was, was sad. the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. Yeah, because the mouse dies, I think, or the mouse, you know, and then Charlie just goes becomes, you know. He becomes He's Charlie again. He becomes Charlie again. But, you know, sometimes uh, uh, ignorance is bliss. So, Jar Gabor was also on the show.
0: Yes, she was.
1: Darling.
0: That, but like I said, that it, it was just a place for the villain to overact, which is basically all she did, ever.
1: Yeah, it was it was a place for somebody, you know, hey, you, you want to be on here? Come on, yeah. come on in. Oh, and, and one more Planet of the Apes tie-in. You know another... Uh, original Planet of the Apes actress that was in Batman?
2: There aren't that many original Planet of the Apes actresses. Something yeah, gotta, it's got to be Kim... Uh, what's her name? Zira. Uh, oh, sorry, I can't think of a real name. And you're not going to help me, are you? Of <laughs> not. When is he ever? Hey. <laughs> he's, the, he's the anchor around my
1: neck as a, on a general basis. Oh, please. Kim Hunter. Nope. No? Okay. okay. It was the well, other so. female actress, nope. Nova, Nova, Linda Harrison. I she didn't played it was ch- in anything else. <laughs> she played a cheerleader in two episodes, cheerleader number two. Two episodes. Is, is
0: that Va. the one where they were at the high school where the Joker came in? Mm. Do you guys remember that episode? Vaguely, they yeah. were. At, they were at Dick's high school. Joker goes to school. The Joker, they're showing a, <laughs> a a film of the Joker for some reason, or it, it's an image, it's a static image, and suddenly gas comes out of the screen, and the Joker is standing on a couch behind the screen, but he wasn't there when they put the screen up. <laughs> so it's one of these things like, okay, the Joker now can teleport. Interesting.
2: Scary. That was back when, you know, when they did the double episodes and there was always a, a rhyme to the titles because the two episodes were The Joker Goes to School and then part 2 was oh, he he meets his, meets match, his match, the Grizzly Ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: were clever with the writing at least. You know, it, it it wasn't exactly Shakespeare, but it kept you entertained. You know, it wasn't like some shows of that era where you you watch it and you're looking at like now if i if i go back and i look at some of these shows like i enjoyed this really
1: <laughs> where <laughs> here mm-hmm. i can
0: understand why i enjoyed it
1: well one of the uh the my last little piece of trivia i've got to pull out is and you guys might already know this that the narrator of each episode yes. was L- William Dozer mm-hmm. who was also the series creator and writer often so it was his his voice that was the iconic same bad time same mm-hmm. bad channel Meanwhile, behind the facade of this cuckoo clock shop, lurks an Albanian genius. Please
0: Those tell are always... me you just made that up.
1: Uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: good. Because it sounds so much like it would be in the show. <laughs> yeah. I, mean,
1: <laughs> I think I made it up, but it might have actually been in the show. It just, it, but there was always something crazy like that, you know, meanwhile.
0: And I don't know if it, when it came in. I don't think it was in the very beginning, but eventually, whenever you were in the villain's lair, the camera was tilted.
1: <laughs> Why did everything slide to one side? Mm-hmm, well, uh,
0: that, that, that weird. Well, you know that this place wasn't on the level. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: How Absolutely. do you sell that with, if you're a real estate agent? I don't mind the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's bolted down. You know, It'll be fine. No, really.
0: <laughs> oh, and... Mr. Freeze, which, those were very interesting episodes, but just speaking of the gadgets, his heat thing where he was always in blue and then he would have these push-button things to bring, like, a path in that was red. Oh, yeah, warm yeah. enough. How the heck did that work? <laughs> just instantaneously, oh, now it, now just it's a heat not lamp 200 below. <laughs> a, it, it,
2: but it made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But they, they, I think there was only the one version of him that had that. I think that was the Otto Preminger Otto one. Preminger. I think Eli Wallach just had the cold suit.
0: No, I think Eli Wallach had that, too. I, I seem to remember one where he had that. But, I, I mean, whenever he was out and about, he was in the cold suit. But when he was back in his base, I th- i think that carried over to, to, to the other freezes. That could be. Don't know. Now I'm doubting myself.
1: As am I. <laughs> I don't know. I could still never see Eli Wallach in anything but The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. <laughs> oh, really, no, for, for me, about The Magnificent Seven. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I haven't seen that as many times. It's certainly had the iconic music. Mm-hmm.
2: Just as much as The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, although, yeah, if I had
1: to give him one role, it would be Tuco. I was just thinking it would either they could do dun-dun-dun-dun Cause that was Magnificent Seven, wasn't? It? That yep. was it. And then, uh, yeah. Two fantastic westerns. But again, yes, this is not a western podcast.
0: This is this is becoming the everything in the kitchen sink podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, really all
1: that back to the bins. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. You invited us, and this is yeah, what good you get. Point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should have split you guys up. I don't know. <laughs> I, I won't go, go anywhere without Bill. No, no. <laughs> it's like how my daughter gets to go. moved around in kindergarten because she talks too much to the next one. <laughs> you can't sit next to her anymore. Well, I mean, maybe
1: it's we, we, we've gotten to so many other things because so many people were in this oh, yeah. series. You know, and it has, you know, I mean, you could play six degrees of separation just with this show to other projects and people. Uh, well, you know, maybe we it, do
2: it because we do it with
1: everything. Or me, yeah, maybe we're just our it's the way. Our minds are wired.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess the trivia computers you call brains. Oh yeah, boy, we, we make you know that, that
1: sound. We make that sound. The back computer makes. <laughs> you put the cards in the back of my head. The little punch cards. <laughs> the
0: punch cards. Yeah,
1: and and the pay, the roll of uh, you know Wall Street ticker tape paper spits out of my mouth, <laughs> and I rip it off and read it. Oh. I need a new roll of paper. Shove it in there.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when was the point that you looked at the show and you realized, wait a second, that can't work? You know, there, there's a bunch of things in the show like the, uh, the bat poles. You slide <laughs> down and get changed at the same time.
2: Well, in, in my mind to this day, there's some sort of like... You step com- off. Com- like a programmed... Robot hands that come out and redress them as they go down, <laughs> and, and and I don't mean it in a and salacious. what? So the clothes back
1: around them because how do they let go of the pole?
2: I don't know, <laughs> but it just happens. It works when they get to the bottom of the pole. Let me ask you something: When they got to the bottom of the pole, did they have their costumes on? Yes, they did.
1: Okay, I thought you maybe got they on slid there down somehow. I thought they slid down. They stopped like it's like there was a, like two of them. They slid down the one, the changing thing, and then they jumped onto another pole and slid down.
2: Oh, that's just silly.
1: <laughs> now, what was really cool is when they went back up the poles. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and did you notice that he had to hit two buttons to do it, and it wasn't Batman and Robin buttons. It was go back uh, up the pole and change out of costume buttons.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, the iconic Shakespeare head. I, I didn't even know who that was. neither. Me neither. And, but when they, oh, hey, that's the Batman. That's the head that they flipped open to, to, so Batman can slide down to the Batcave. Mm-hmm. That's Shakespeare. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> he's famous because he's on Batman. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> holy iambic pentameter!
0: And it took that long to get a holy something or other into this show. <laughs> I'm amazed.
1: I'm kind of proud of us. <laughs> Holy crap
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you should end it right there
2: <laughs> that that might actually be a good point,
0: yeah, really, yeah, well, I, I mean, unless no, there's right, anything else not. you guys want to go over, we seem to be wandering all over the place right now.
1: see, I mean, there's only bits and pieces of like I can't name the episodes, I don't remember the names, right, but I know most of the plots you know and and, and some of them were just completely. Crazy, like I mentioned earlier, the the big gigantic birthday cake that you know. Oh, we need you to stand up here and pose in this. (laughs) You know, and even I knew that the baker was Frank Gorshin, right? You know, come on, you can't tell. Like, come on, can't you tell? That's 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 the Riddler. No, don't get up there.
0: No, because the Riddler wears a mask when he's committing crimes, and this man doesn't have a mask on.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Frank Gorshin laugh uh, I don't know You got like a top Top five things About the show That you like Paul Or that The like most memorable You guys have like a top nah, five No you know what I would,
2: I would have to give that Some
1: thought And Yeah To uh, You, you Paul, know I mean uh,
0: One one and two Would be Julian Omar And Yvonne Craig
1: Oh well yeah Yeah mm. The Batmobile Would have to be in there
0: Yeah
2: Just the Batcave In general
1: Oh but What about the Bat
2: The Battoosie <laughs> love the Batusi. Not one of my favorite actors, but I love the fact that it was recreated in Pulp Fiction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, it, is that an actual dance? It the Batusi? No, not, not the Batusi, but that whole with the eyes thing. Isn't that? Is no, that
2: the See, rac- is a dance. Is that what it's
1: based on? But it's just they call it the But Batusi. I don't
2: know if you do the eye thing in, a, in it or not. I, it, you know, <laughs> I, This may come as a shock to you, but I'm really not much of a dancer.
1: <laughs> no I could just picture you
2: doing, I could just, <laughs> with that lithe thin body <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see you, you filling out, out a
1: Saturday that you know the John Travolta Saturday Night Fever uh, suit quite nicely going out on, on onto the floor <laughs> get down by man. the way Paul use his walk he's a woman's man no time any, to any talk any
2: weekend spent on the dance floor taking it over that's okay, well, I, I, I think
0: we've successfully <laughs> ground to a halt here. Okay, I, I, think, I think we may have run out of topics. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, we will uh, be cutting the show off here, and I would like to thank both my guests, uh, Mr. Paul Spataro and Dr. Bill Robinson, from Back to the Bins on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for uh, agreeing to come on and raise the bar on my show. It's really oh no. I don't know if we've raised anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a few eyebrows—that's about it. <laughs> but uh, you, certainly, uh,
2: we'd like to reciprocate at some point and have you on back to the bins.
0: Oh, I'd love that. I I can pull out something to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's
2: not get too graphic here. <laughs> Be careful what you pull out.
0: On that note, good night, everybody. Legends of the Superheroes is a production of theHammerStrikes.com and focuses on examining live-action versions of superheroes. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please send an email to legends at thehammerstrikes.com. Please look for The Hammer Strikes on Facebook and Google+.